tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tom Crow, and tonight I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts and a very special guest. Would you all please introduce yourselves? I'm Julia. I'm Anthony, your Salem for the evening. And I'm Kendall. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, Kendall. Now, Thank you for having me many back. Many of our listeners may be familiar with you, Kendall. You've been on other episodes, but would you like to, for a brief moment, introduce yourself and your podcast again? Sure. Um, I am Kendall from For Fork's Sake. It is a Twilight podcast where my best friends and I discuss Twilight, and we have been revisiting it from the beginning and um, kind of unpacking all of the things that sort of went over our heads when we read it as young adults. And it is quite the journey. We have been MI for a little while because um, life got kind of busy, but we're hoping to get back up to recording. But we have several episodes you can find on pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at For Fork's Sake Pod. Now, I have a Twilight question for you today. I am curious in the Twilight mythological realm, why did it take so long for a vampire to turn into a bat? <laughs> it took him 14 years since the last film to become a bat man. That is quite a long time. Now, is it because he was not a man or he was not a bat for that time? I don't, I don't have any answers for you. It's going to be a weird night, isn't it? It is yeah, going to be a I'm weird night. I'm super uncomfortable with this. <laughs> now, it has been uh, a week since we have last visited, and I'm just curious, Anthony and Julia, uh, how have your weeks been? I'm going to defer to Julia because it's been two weeks since she fake sick. <laughs> I mean, uh, since uh, <laughs> since uh, she was sick and didn't want to talk to Golden Girls. About Wait, Julia wasn't with us on that episode? <laughs> well, let's Julia, see. how are you? How is the health of your family? Yeah, how um, is it? Seriously. Kids are better. I caught the cold. Mm. And aside from the fun stomach issues that kept me from talking with Golden Girls that night, which I probably could have, but nobody would have enjoyed that. Um, I'm better. Now, so, was that the first cold am- you've had since COVID started? Because I've been pretty good with cold since COVID started because of the mask. This and cold is the first I've had. Yeah. Since COVID has it started. kicked your butt? It has kicked my butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I'm not looking forward to the first one. 
I didn't run a fever like the kids did, but it's just like, it has descended (laughs) and I'm just tired. So it's not, I will say those masks are beautiful little things. I will say the good thing, the seemingly good thing about getting sick post COVID. I haven't gotten sick post COVID yet since going back to the office is that they are much more like, Oh, you're sick. Stay home and work from home. Don't even come in with a stuffed nose. We don't want anyone getting sick. So, but for sure, you you have to advocate for yourself. If it's not COVID, like, um, I, I had COVID in January and then a month later I got strep throat, which is super random. No one gets that anymore. I feel like, um, but they just assumed it was COVID or the flu and it could, I mean, I still have the antibodies I, It was very unlikely that I had COVID again so soon, but I had to keep telling them, you know, please run a strep test. I'm fairly certain that's what this is, but oh, man. It's and it was, it was indeed it was, and it kicked my butt. Okay. I I'll, I'll catch strep if it's four States away and one person has it. So it is the one thing that I'm like predisposed to getting, except it's not me usually too. awful for me because I've caught it so often. I know what it feels mm. like at the very beginning. Mm. So I can usually feel it and look at my throat and then my doctor will call out medicine. So I haven't nice. really like had strep for a really long time. I've just started to get strep and then gotten on medicine. It's not fun. And the test is like the world's worst test. (laughs) The throat swab is like the worst for kids and lots of adults as well. I would pick the throat swab over the nose swab for COVID any day of the week. That's, I actually think if you're doing an at-home test, now, maybe I'm a crazy person, but I feel like you should do it in your throat, the COVID test in your throat. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I did when I went to the health department when they did it for me. But when I did my at-home test, I did it that way because I've heard the no swabs, you get a lot of um, false negatives because we don't really know what we're doing. I don't think I would go all the way up my nose. I have never right. done an at-home COVID test myself. Oh, man, we do those things left and right. <laughs> now. Especially when we get them free now for like each kid gets however many free. We got a whole stock of them. It's great. Julia, I have a follow-up question to something that you had stated earlier. You said that nobody would have wanted you here for Golden Girls. Was that because you were ill or because you're the one person in America who doesn't like Golden Girls? Uh, Because I was ill. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I'm not the one person that doesn't like Golden Girls because Marty doesn't like it. I can only I assume that that you have brainwashed. Him <gasps> in some way. Kendall, what were you about to say? I'm very interested in what you're. About I don't to say right love now. the Golden Girls. I'm not going to say I don't like them, but I didn't grow up on them. I don't love them. Well, so I think I, that's, I'm on your side, Julia. That's where I am. I do not hate the Golden Girls. Okay, like it, yeah. there is no animosity whatsoever to the Golden Girls. I didn't despise my time watching the episodes. It just doesn't make me laugh. And I think it's because kind of like Kendall said, my parents didn't watch it. My brother mm-hmm. didn't watch it. And so I didn't watch it and stepping into the golden girls as a 40 year old woman with no real history. It doesn't connect. It didn't connect with me. That's all. That's all. I love everybody in the golden girls. Yeah. Uh, you know, like all of those actresses I think are so funny, but it's just, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. 
I feel yeah. I was a, we were a designing women household. We oh, we that. were too. Mm-hmm. We were too. Mm-hmm. See, and I wonder what designing woman would be like stepping into it today, right? Without having history, would it be the same experience? Yeah. I, oh, I love designing women. Me too. Um, I hope we can get that on the calendar as well because I thoroughly enjoy some Dixie Carter. I don't know if there's um, going to be a calendar next year after this uh, hurt. I have never been stabbed so hard in the back by Julia. It, it, it um, hurts. It hurts. I expect um, it from Tom, Julia. It, Anthony, it, it makes Anthony. sense. It's the Ides of March right now. So I'm just going to say A2, Julia. <laughs> nice. um, I think, Anthony, it's important to remember that people have different life experiences and they come at things from different perspectives, which leads them to draw different conclusions that are different than ours. But nobody's feelings or interpretation of, of a thing are any less valid than, than yours. Hey, Tom. Tom's- PBS Tom. voice is just weird. It's unsettling. I, it all, makes all, me feel uncomfortable. All I have to say to that, Tom, is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PBS is almost weirder than nice, Tom. And that was weird. I think they're both equally weird. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little freaked out tonight. Would, oh. would we like to end PBS, Tom? Or, uh, yes, please. Tom? Yes, please. <laughs> Okay, that sounds like a general consensus. It Tonight, is, yes. we are covering the... Uh, my, my, my week was hey. all right. Thank you, Tom, <laughs> for asking. No, you said you wanted Tom like he is on a week-to-week basis, and you're getting it. <laughs> Why? Who is that? That is Harvey, Harvey Kinkle. Bald Harvey. <laughs> Bald Harvey. I just saw that. Um, Who's Harvey? I forget that Tom does that in the middle of recording. I, my attention span does not do well with that. I, last time he asked me a question and then started sharing the screen and I was completely confused. Um, tonight we are covering the... My week was good. Um, what did I do this week? I worked. I... Uh... Did a lot of reading. I watched some movies. Uh, recommend the Ooh, Adam Pro- the Adam I'm- Project on Netflix. That was a fun, just like it, it was almost very, it was almost very like like eighties, nine, early nineties sci fi throwback. So I recommend. Now, I have, I have a problem. You should have kept the NPR Tom because I'm frustrated. I really wanted to watch the Adam Project, but the time I had this week to watch a show, I spent watching Leprechaun Two. But why? <laughs> because like poor life choices. There was a you scheduled problem. call to discuss Leprechaun 2 with Anthony Caruso and Ron Hogan <sighs> for St. Patrick's Day for Patreon. Shade. He's Patrick's throwing Day. shade, Kendall. And shade. I was almost done watching this abysmal travesty when I was told, well, guys, my internet's not working. Guess we're gonna have to cancel. Uh, like, you know what? You, like, I might fall asleep. I don't know if I'll be awake. He did that to me for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Who did Anthony or Ron? Anthony. Oh no. Okay. So you know what? Watching the Adam Project, I was I got the joy of watching Leprechaun too. I watched it all the way through. Okay, so I put myself through it. <laughs> okay, so so. Have sympathy for me. Number one. Number two, the Adam Project was good. And also, and I have Kendall to thank for this one, fresh on who mm-hmm. fresh? 
It's a yeah. black comedy horror film starring Sebastian Stan. Is it a comedy? I wouldn't call it a comedy. That's how it's labeled official. That's how it's marketed and labeled. It's not. A, I, I, I found it funny. funny. I found it funnier than scary. Oh, I've seen trailers for this, so it's good. It's, it's good. Very gross. Look, <laughs> it's not gross. I'm, it's not even like graphic. Okay, but I'm a vegan, so it's gross for me. Just it's gross. God, you vegans are weird. We are. <laughs> Do you eat soy curls? And I also no. watch Turning Red. Yes. <gasps> Did we like Turning Red? I haven't watched it yet. I loved it. Okay. Tom, you didn't like it? I won't say I didn't like it. I would say I'm ambivalent towards it. There are some problematic issues I have with it, but they the only thing I think it's really weird is when a a teenage girl, whether she's in panda form or human form, twerks at her mother. (laughs) I I thought I thought it was fine. And I, I've, I've, I've already gotten it on my soapbox about Disney and Pixar on this I podcast. Find- I'm not, I oh, can't do it yeah. tonight. Anthony's heard my rant about how I feel towards people who hated it. Now, I, I won't say, I, like I said, I don't say I hated it. I watched it. It was, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand the, there's a certain subset of people in our country that are ranting about this movie saying, yeah. oh, it's disrespectful. It's all about don't, don't obey your parents. When, there are two things that we can depend on from Disney cartoons. One, somebody's parent is going to die. Mm-hmm. Two, the protagonist is going to disobey in some way and create a whole world of problems. It's Ariel, a child. Yes. Ariel, I'm... Ariel. I mean, the entire story behind Ariel was her choosing to not listen to her parents, being disrespectful and losing her voice. Lion King, Simba got dad killed with his portrait now you're pushing scars propaganda here and i'm not going to stand for that if 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 simba had listened to mufasa mufasa would not have have fallen uh if scar Um, wasn't an evil dude he wouldn't have started a stampede to kill his brother i feel like the simba thing might be reaching a little bit but i understand what you're you're saying it's just as valid as having a problem with turning red though for not listening to your parents right also I feel like the people who have a problem with it should be the people who like, if you are very careful what you show your children, like you're very strict with it, that's fine. But you're probably going to look at the ratings of a movie. And if it's PG, you're probably going to look up why it's PG. And that will probably tell you that maybe it's not appropriate for your family. I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it at this. Yeah, what's up, Tom? The other thing, why do they post a picture of children lined up to take a picture with the panda and say it's outside of a bathroom when it's in the classroom? Did y'all see that post? There's something that's being shared from a bunch of people and it's like <laughs> they have a line of children taking pictures of this girl's panda in a bathroom mm-hmm. and it's like no, that was in the classroom. And it wasn't like it was just her, it was all of her friends and they were having fun. It's because people are people are idiots. I I'm not. I'm trying really hard not to Facts to rant don't care about, about it because I've already done it. Facts <laughs> don't care about your feelings. All I'm gonna say is, you know, I still think Encanto was the best Disney film in years, and that does not change my opinion. 
Christine and I oh, talked about one of the other problems with this movie, though. Imagine being the first Disney movie to come out after Encanto. Good point. Uh, oh, one one other thing I would like to say. Um, I feel like a lot of people have problem with it because of the disrespect that the child shows her mother. Again, it's you know it's a movie. Um, I watch for the course for Annie. Disney. I watch it with the kids and nanny and she did say something. I can't even remember. And I remember like, I, I didn't like it. And I was like, Oh, we don't, we don't say that to mom. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know, whatever. But that's the thing. Like you, if you're teaching your children proper morals and how to act and respect one movie is not going to make them bad. You know, like that's my opinion on that. Yeah, my opinion is this controversy is overblown because it's a metaphor for her getting her first period and Republicans can't handle women's bodies and the end because otherwise the content's the exact same of every freaking Disney and Pixar movie out there. No, you hate Disney. I get it. It I know I I don't hate Disney. I'm just I'm just no, I'm just saying like that's why it's overblown because it is the same. There's no content in here that's different than any other Disney movie for the past 50 years. Kid obeys, disobeys their parents. Kid it's rebels. Not even, it's not even like the, the subject. This is just Teen Wolf. Uh, although Michael Teen J. Wolf, Fox, Tom. although Michael J. Fox never twerked at his mother either as a teen or as a wolf. Well, I haven't seen it yet. It, it was I... really funny because Kendall's. Oh, I'm sorry. Kendall's face looked like she was thinking. Did Michael J. Fox twerk in that? <laughs> no, I was trying to think of this horror movie that was similar called Ginger Snaps. I'm sorry, Julia. Ginger what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say, um, Bow's one of the favorite shorts I've seen in a really long time, and I'm very excited for anything more from her. The lady that did that one, and she's the one that did oh, this. What was the short called? Oh, I didn't know that. Bow. Mm-hmm. Oh. And B-A-O, right? B-A-O. B-A-O. And um I grew up with a ton of Asian friends, like middle school. I was like, man, I was like Sanrio surprises. And I had like a ton of Filipino and Korean and man, like, I, I don't know why, but I gravitated towards them. And so all my friends in middle school were Asian. And so I am drawn to Asian stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited <laughs> to see this one because it's, an Asian family and an Asian kid and an Asian mom. And like, there's not a say, lot of that out there. I was about to say, like that's the best thing about it. Consumption. Like, so I'm excited about seeing maybe a story that's been told again, but it's different enough because it's in an entirely different culture from our own. So 100% the representation's important. I'm not knocking yes. the representation at all. Disney, yes. it's about time they start doing that. Although... Again, don't get me started on Disney and their stands about the anti-gay thing. I'm good. I support the all the employees walking out next week. Mulan, uh, they they've they have focused on a, a traditionally Asian story. It's not the first, as we're saying that about Disney's representation. I will say over the years, Disney has attempted to do representation, but maybe not landed at always the best. Yeah. Correct. I'd agree We've with got that. Princess and the Frog, Mulan, Pocahontas, mm-hmm. uh, the It's a Small World ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to ask y'all about another show that I did watch. 
um, that I'm curious to know is anybody watched the woman in the the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window? Yes. Talk about another overblown controversy. Oh, I was watching this with my kids while Kristen Stewart's getting railed on the dining room table. Like that was Kristen like PG. Bell whatever her name is that was like pg level like sexy you saw nothing um, also uh, uh, what's it rated i feel like it's it's pg-13 like murder for sure pg-13 at least I, like I, why are you watching it with your kids i have some questions about this show mm-hmm. what is up with the casseroles i think that's part of the spoof right like it's neighborly it is- are they laughing it's a at themselves? perfect world. And what? why why did the headstone change all the time? Because it's it's a parody, it's a spoof. Like the Yeah, the it's whole not supposed to be taken seriously. Title is is stupid. Like it's it's um I it's like did satire. Not feel like they set it up. I did not feel like it was like a satire. It felt like it was serious. I feel like it was very um, teetering on the edge. Like I, I also couldn't tell. Like, is this supposed to be serious? Is this supposed to be ridiculous? There, they had some ridiculous moments, and then I know I didn't, I didn't realize that the headstone changed. Um, yeah, her, the the quote on it changed every time she went. The other thing I will say to quote Anthony, it is hot garbage, and I cannot with enough. <clears throat> of my being tell you you should avoid this series it is a waste of time and you just get to a point where did it's i so say that? that you have to finish what did i say that you just said you'd agree with you agreed with, with me that it's hot garbage no i said i was going to quote anthony and say it was hot oh garbage. oh that was that's still a thing thanks todd um <laughs> i also don't really um this is by far the single most casserole centric show I've ever watched. Um, I do have to point out one thing I was really offended by. She's continually giving away her dead daughter's stuff every time I turn around, including the casserole she took to her grave. So graveside. Well, uh, never mind. Okay, we're gonna give something away. No, I was just gonna say it's not like her daughter was gonna eat the casserole. So why take it to the grave in the first place? I don't, but... And how many of these Pyrex bowls did this lady buy? Because every one of them that she breaks looks exactly like the one she broke last time. Does she have, I mean, is this a common occurrence? Does she buy them in bulk from Costco? I legitimately hate this. I legitimately hate this show with every... You watch the whole thing to the end? Because you have to see if there's a point to it and there's not. Okay, I, I have a show. A day and I liked it. I have a show recommendation for everyone out there listening. Amanda Seyfried's going to win all the win all the awards. A dropout on Hulu. She's playing Eliz- uh, Elizabeth Holmes. There are no scandals. She's great. Has a great cast. It's her. Naveen Andrews who played Syed on Lost. As William H Macy, Laurie Metcalf, Alan Ruck. It's a great cast. Great show. It's We've fun. talked about my opinion of biopics, though. It's it's too easy to win an award portraying somebody that. Really oh, one hundred percent! All biopics are like just a freaking award grab, especially they when they like, make you look like them. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure if you look at the now I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure if you look at the nominations for the Oscars, there's a lot of people who played real people um, that are nominated this year. Oh, always. So, mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. Every time. And all like, there's is, a lot. It's, it's it's who can who can mimic the person that they're playing the best. I got to feel like all most of the um the the actress nominees are. You know That's what enough. was never nominated for an Oscar? You know, or, I'm sorry, you know who was that- never nominated for an Oscar? Me. Melissa Joan Hart. Who well, before you, well, before we leave the Oscars, I just want to say, you know what? Since I'm on care tonight against Disney, against everything, I'm just going to say, you know what? It takes a team to make a movie, Oscars, and it's still really freaking crappy what you're doing, not showing all the awards and all the people yeah. who put in the effort. I don't care because I think the Oscars have been on the decline for years, but they're doing this to appear appeal to people. Like they're trying to get their ratings back. They're not going to get it back. Just keep your show intact and honor those people getting the awards. Those people. Anyway, I'm one of the people who gets bored by those people. One of those people who gets bored in general. Cut the freaking 20 minute monologues and just give the awards. Compress it into an hour. Holy crap. If these people want awards to be nominated for, they should do something real. Like direct or don't write like the score for a movie and expect me to care who you are. Uh, I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite categories. <laughs> no, it is. That's why it's <laughs> his movie score. I don't think that's not one of them that they pulled either. So yes, it is. Oh, they did pull what? score. They pulled score. Yeah. That's one of the ones they're not put doing during the broadcast. That was one of the ones that got the most hate online because everyone Everybody loves the score. Man. A score makes or breaks the movie 100 That's what I'm talking about. Like, come on. Cut your stupid jokes and your pats on the back about your industry and present the awards. Let's go. Oh, my God. I'm in rare wait, form tonight. Can we get to Sabrina? Because I actually only, like these wait, episodes. Wait, wait. The other thing, the other reason I like watching the Oscars, as morbid as it is, I really like the 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 retrospective of who we lost over the last year. It's very, like, it's like, it yeah, feels like I love a that. sense of closure. I like that too, except when every year they always forget like three to ten people. Well, if those people wanted to be remembered, they should have done something meaningful. Oh my gosh. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna put me up on the Oscars when I die. Oh uh, yes, they are, because by then the it's a podcast biopic will have been made. <laughs> uh, so tonight we are covering the TV series from there's ABC Family, right? Let me go back to my notes. TGIF, ABC Family. No, ABC. From TGIF. The mid night, mid to late nineties sitcom from ABC, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, for those of you who somehow have missed Sabrina, uh, Sabrina is a high school student who is being reared by her two aunts. After her dad has gone into the other realm and uh, her mother is estranged. Uh, and she is coming into her own and learning her how to use and control her newly discovered magical powers. Now, wasn't the Sabrina comic a spinoff of Archie? Like, that's where she was formed. That's yeah. where she originated, right? She was an Archie spinoff, um, mm-hmm. which explains why the chilling adventures of Sabrina feel so much like Riverdale with 
lots of Satan worship. Uh, before we jump in, I would like to give our esteemed guest and our prodigal daughter the opportunities to share their histories with us. Is, it, is that the same person or is Julia the prodigal daughter? Julia is the prodigal daughter for okay. her, her noticeable absence from our episode and our lives for the last two, two weeks. What? Um, so Kendall, <laughs> would you like to share with us your history of Sabrina, the teenage witch? Sure. Um, I grew up in the nineties. So like many kids of the nineties, I was all about TGIF on Fridays. Like I, I mean, I watched it every Friday night. Um, I want to say I never missed a Friday, but I'm, you know, in my kid mind, I never missed a Friday. I don't know how accurate that is. But even if I went to someone's house for a sleepover, we watched it. Like I never missed TGIF. That was my big, exciting thing to look forward to. I would eat pizza and watch, watch it. And so I love Sabrina. Um, I, that was one of my favorites that and Boy Meets World were my two favorites that I remember the most, I think. Um, but I, I, I just that's really all I can say. I just absolutely loved it. I, um, I actually watched it again as an adult. I want to say maybe five or six years ago, um, for a little nostalgia. So it was kind of fun to revisit it again. Mrs. Colburn. (laughs) She's married. Oh, um, I don't know if you heard. I said Mrs., which definitely acknowledges the significant other in her life with whom she is. Uh, she was betrothed and is now wed to. But thank um, you, okay, Anthony, so for sub- protecting Julia's <laughs> honor. So Sabrina the Teenage, which was never part of my TGIF. I think I hit TGIF a little earlier. Mine was, um, what's it called? Full House. Full House and Family Matters and Step Mm -hmm. by Step. Yeah. So that was my TGIF. Um, Plus, if we're looking at the year Sabrina the Teenage Witch was on TV, it's when I still lived at home. And if my mom heard the word witch in anything, it was a hard no, can't watch that. So I did not watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch growing up. So I'm coming into this fresh um, with adult eyes. And I... (laughs) I used, I used my, uh, any of my middle to high school hijinks in sneaking stuff around my mother's awareness on the first Bush album machine head and the X-Files. So that left very, yeah. Oh, 16 spent. Yeah. It left very little space for to Sabrina the teenage. Like I had to pick right. My, my, you know, and so mm-hmm. I picked the X Files and and Bush. So first time Bush. seeing these. Bush really was the first yep. CD I ever bought with my own money for myself. Same. No way. On we a were, band trip. We were yes. so cool, Julia. Weren't we cool? We that was were. also my first band T-shirt. Was Bush the one with uh, what's his name, Gavin Rossdale's big sheepdog on the front? Oh man, mad hots for Gavin Rossdale. 
I think anyway. every girl in the nineties had Matt Hawk for the, for Gavin Rossdale. Yeah. So that's my history. Don't really have one. Mr. Caruso husband to Sarah Houston. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging that. I am my history similar to Kendall's. I was always a big fan of Sabrina and Boy Meets World um in the tjf lineup but at the same time i'm like julia i remember their i remember like family matters step by step all those shows yeah. like so i kind of mm-hmm. i guess bridge the gap because i like them all um but i was always a big fan of sabrina uh little anthony had a crush on Melissa joan hart back in the day um you know she first from nickelodeon clarissa explains it all and mm-hmm. then from uh sabrina the teenage witch she was like oh that's what it's like to be a teenager hot teenager like oh these are the girls i'm gonna meet in middle school and high school ha 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 no i never met the girl whose window i could sneak into like in clarissa explains it all or you know who had the talking cat and cool magical ants like on sabrina the teenage uh, bitch but i really enjoyed same. it and fun fact Salem, that Salem animatronic is a reused Binks animatronic from Hocus Pocus, just on the TV budget, which is why it doesn't look so real. I did not know that. I did not know that. That's really cool. You know, Anthony, it's interesting that you were um, attracted uh, to Clarissa Explains It All, to Clarissa and Sabrina. I would have had you much more pegged for a Blossom kind of boy. This show uh, was, again, like Julia, came in um, a little after my prime uh, TGIF years. TGIF for me started, um, I really got interested in it with Full House. It was on with my family. There was like a, the show with Balky, Perfect Strangers. Mm, love that one. And Full House and Mr. Belvedere at first. And Mr. Belvedere was just boring beyond all measure as a kid. But they started going uh, more towards families as a focus when they started bringing in like uh, Dinosaurs was on TGI Friday, Step by Step, yes. Family Matters. Love Dinosaurs. Ellie is so creeped out by the, the baby that she wanted to watch it. Wow. So it creeps me out. <laughs> And then they moved into like the years with uh, TNT, Sarah, Sister, Sister, and mm-hmm. uh, Boy Meets World. And then about the time of Boy Meets World, when that became the big thing, right before Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I I kind of aged out because I think Sabrina hit. Uh, if I it was Sabrina was ninety six, mm-hmm. and that was my freshman year of high school. So my Friday nights were more. Um, yeah, going out with friends and doing things, but mm-hmm. once it went into syndication and there were reruns, I watched it, and I I have always loved anything magical, like anything yeah. in that, that witching, wizarding world, the fantasy has always appealed to me. So even when it was way past my my, I was not the target demographic. I still enjoyed it. And there's something comforting about like just how predictable each episode the formula of each episode right yeah like yeah. Uh, sabrina and salem usually get into trouble by trying some kind of magic she's not supposed to do while salem's mm-hmm. a little devil on her shoulder mm-hmm. she messes it up he tries to help her fix it it makes it worse and then her aunts have to come in and help her fix it in the end like there's something so comforting about that formula like as a kid especially um i do have a question for all three of y'all though what was it like having a life on friday nights and aging out of 
TV on Friday nights because that never happened to me as a kid. Me either. It was so hard. (laughs) Just exhausting. Can't all be. We can't all have. All banned. Popularity. It's not a life. It's just banned was your every Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Because Texas football. That's right. Speaking of which, Christine had the weirdest idea the other day to try watching Friday Night Lights. And I'm like, you're going to hate this show. It's all about football. And she's like, let's give it a try. Let's give it a try. We're like 20 minutes in. She's like, it's got to be about more than football. I'm like, it's not going to be more about more than football. Like, it's- uh, That's a great show. It's it was such a good terrible. show. The first it's character centric. It's not awful. just football. Awful. Tom. Awful. Tom, no. And I will not watch it. <gasps> it's got Kyle Chandler in it. I don't care. It's got Connie Britton in it. Boring. Yeah. Jesse Plemons before he was Jesse Plemons. I oh I lo- I don't I can't. Santa Matt, Ron Hogan, all you people who like to uh, who Tom has swayed into making people believe I'm the worst. I hope you just listen to that. Look, I've had a really hard day, Tom, and you're about to send me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. I didn't think I would. I don't care about football like that. I love that show, and I love everything that creator makes. Parenthood, everything else. Got boring. Christine and I had major disagreements over parenthood, like big, like we had serious arguments over parenthood. I just want you to watch this. I'm like, it's so boring. Like there's nothing happening. Oh my gosh. And I love Dak Shepard. I love Craig T. Nelson. I love Lorelai. What's her name? See, I don't. Lauren Graham. Oh, I love Lauren Graham. But I loved that show enough to watch it. She was my Hollywood crush for a long time. (laughs) Never mind. mind. (laughs) Were you going to say you thought I was a Blossom kind of guy? (laughs) No, I was going to say that because because she talks as much as you. (laughs) I love you, Tom. Um, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love talking to you. I don't know Um, if I love Tom right now. No. Just as a little insight, we are covering only the Christmas episodes. Please don't. Please continue talking 90 miles a minute. And like Teenage Witch. Um, Now, there were uh, each year there was a Christmas themed episode. And in season four, there were actually two. Um, that are classified as Christmas, though. Tune in next week to see if Tom and Anthony agree that they are both Christmas episodes. But for today, we are going to start with season one, episode eleven, "A Girl and Her Cat." I'm oh. sorry, y'all. I I, I put the Iver in this for everyone. <laughs> everyone. <All right>. So, <laughs> these, no, for for real, we we've got to go back. the The show is created by Jonathan Schmock. And Neil Scovel. Uh, I'm willing to bet that uh, Anthony is familiar with the work of Jonathan Schmock as he wrote the, uh, the the short film The Penis Files, which seems right up Anthony's alley with his pervertedness, based on what I have just based on what I have seen from his Instagram recently. Um, <laughs> also, going back to the things that Anthony loves, he was a writer for Blossom. 
<laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> he also did The Golden Palace, one episode of The Golden Palace. Uh, which goes back to last week, which is why Julia needs to listen to that episode. Please, oh, Julia, listen to that episode. And uh, <laughs> Brotherly Love, Dharma and Greg, real time with Bill Maher. And his counterpart, Neil Scoville, also co-creator, was a writer for a couple of episodes of The Simpsons. He did The Muppets, Warehouse 13 as a recurring writer. Uh, what year was The Muppets? Was that the mockumentary, the one we covered? Single, like, uh... He did episodes throughout uh, 2015 and 2016. Yeah, so that was the show. That was the show. That was awesome. The very short-lived Muppet show, which is great. It's great. Um, he also wrote a couple of episodes of Monk, as we see here. He did Sabrina, Charmed, The Hidden Celebrity Cam, Honey, Charmed. We Shrunk Ourselves, Murphy Brown. He was a writer for Letterman and Newhart. Mm. So some pretty big, some pretty big stuff to both of their names. Yeah. The star of this show um, in every episode is... Plus John Hart. I know that. I was just looking up her stuff. Is Melissa, Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa Joan Hart um, has a lot to her name. Uh, she was on stuff like the ABC, the ABC Weekend Specials, Are You Afraid of the Dark, a TV movie called Christmas Snow before hitting it big with Carissa. Clarissa Explains It All. She's in a bunch a few, of Christmas stuff. She's done quite She's in a, a bunch of Christmas stuff, including the one everyone loves, which is, well, that's very popular. I, don't know, I won't say everyone loves it. Uh, Holidays of Handcuffs. Holidays, Holidays and Handcuffs. Oh, with yeah. Mario Isn't that with Lopez. Joey Lawrence? Oh, Mario Lopez. No, she's in one with Joey Lawrence, though, and I forget which one it is. Didn't they have a show together? Melissa and, Melissa and Joey. Oh. They were very creative with that name. Sabrina Spellman became was a was a big icon during the 90s and she had uh so Melissa Joan Hart was on sh- shows like Boy Meets World uh Teen Angel and Clueless as Sabrina those are all TGIF shows they are and then she did um interestingly enough in the Sabrina the animated series she was the voice of both Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda mm-hmm. her oh. sister was was Sabrina I never watched the animated series. I did. I liked it. I, I'm sure I would have because I liked the Beetlejuice animated series more than the Beetlejuice movie. We talked about that before. Like you said, she had done a lot of Christmas movies like uh, Santa Con, Broadcasting Christmas. She'll always be known as Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She did Sabrina on Robot Chicken. She was in A Very Nutty Christmas, A Very Merry Toy Store, lots of Christmas reservations. Plus, she is on the Casa Grandes currently. And there is an untitled Clarissa Explains It All reboot that is announced. Of course there is. Is it with her daughter? I do not know. I do not know. Not necessary. Mm-hmm. 
are we fans today of Melissa Joan Hart? She kind of has a Dean Kane thing going on for me in terms of I was a big fan of her, but due to her personal stuff i'm not a big fan of her but i mean i i do like the stuff I, I still like sabrina i like closer explains it all i like i'm one of the ones who does like holidays and handcuffs <laughs> and uh i've seen her christmas stuff on tv you know they're typical to me for tv christmas stuff they're fine i i didn't know anything about her until pretty much tonight when you 10 minutes ago mentioned some personal things about her but I liked her I think she's entertaining I watched her she played a mom in a show for for kids or something and she reminded me of a friend of mine she just like has the same energy she's aged very well I will I say don't to, to what Kendall said I would say never um never look at the personal lives of your heroes oh yeah just looked at Kelsey Grammer. Oh, well, that's, I, I feel like everyone just found that out about him. And I'm like, I knew that for years. Which part did you oh. know about for years? What part? What? I don't know. What you're the, he's a raging freaking maggot. He's a, he's a big Trump supporter. Yeah. Oh, well, he was a shitty husband. Like he. It's, 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 it's casual. It's casual libel night here on Tisapot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. That I'm used to Patreon right where where Anthony keeps me behind the shadows and I can swear. <laughs> the only oh, difference buddy. is we edit it out for here. It doesn't actually okay. change in the recording process whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Do you know how many swear words of myself I have to edit out, Kendall? Julia, <laughs> can I touch? Uh, I just like the idea of a podcast called Casual Libel where you just talk about rumors oh, you read right. on the internet. So Richard here in the hamster story. Let's dive in. <laughs> like the hamster did. Jamie Lee Curtis is really a man. I, I okay. Can Gosh. we not again? Because I believed that until you two set me straight on the podcast. <laughs> That's why I bring it up every time again. Uh Caroline Ray plays Aunt Hilda. Uh we mentioned her and discussed her before, so I won't go in depth for her. What was she in? Christmas with the Cranks. Yep. Was she? Yeah, that's why she's a neighbor. According to IMDB that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like trust. questioning you. Yes, I'm just yes, like questioning my memory. Uh, I'll just shout out again. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, one of the most underrated Disney original movies back in the day in the 90s. She was great in that. She is back as Hilda in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, both her and Zelda appeared in that show as themselves. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. I thought I was that show. Uh, no, it's not cool. It's weird. Oh, well, Based I stopped watching comics. it because it is weird. I don't like that show very much. I like I, very I, dark. I like I like these it Hilda and I like Hilda and and Zelda in this. She, but I will mention she's done some Christmas movies, so we'll probably see her again, like a Mrs. Mm-hmm. Miracle Christmas last year, Christmas in Tennessee, um, mm. the Christmas well, consultant. Probably got a tornado one day and then a snowstorm the next day. That's Christmas the, in Tennessee. Basically. Cool. Spoiler alert, the next cast member has been in a lot of Christmas movies too. Yes, she has. 
uh, the and then the Santa Claus brothers. So we've got a lot, a lot of Christmas there. Beth Broderick plays Aunt Zelda. She was my favorite of the two. I love, I love her. She's I, so I was always, I was I attracted to the intellectual. <laughs> I told her because she was weird. Mm-hmm. I like them both, and I feel like they did a great job of playing off of one another. As mm-hmm. they did, I agree. I agree. She is in a TV show that is in post-production right now called Love and Death. Last year, she also released a Christmas movie called Blending Christmas. She was in Christmas Town, My Best Friend's Christmas, Always and Forever Christmas, the TV show, TV movie, Sister of the Bride. She was in Purity Falls, A Perfect Christmas List. She was on Melissa and Joey. She was in recurring role in the TV show Under the Dome. Oh, yeah. She was on Lost. She's right. sharp objects. Yeah. Right, she was in the list. Uh, so yeah, we all like her, right? Yeah, I like is her. Is there is there anybody from this series that you don't like? Yes. Okay. Besides Harvey Who? Kinkle. No, yeah, I, I, I I hated <laughs> that, and I don't hate him as in other stuff he does like i love his magic act but i hated that penn and teller were on the council of witches oh, and yeah. wizards. oh he was awful uh, on there he was but he's kind of his the insufferableness that he usually has did not play out well on that do we ever meet her mom do we ever see her mom you said the mom was estranged i assume I feel that's, like so they could she, bring her back at some point she can't have contact with her mother because oh. she's a mortal. She's a she's mortal. A mortal. No, I, I thought was about that... to say she's immortal. A mortal. I, I thought she did talk to her at one point. Wasn't she like a giant block of cheese or something at one point? She because you're a turned person. to stone or something. Yeah, something huh. like or that. Or cheese. Maybe it was cheese. I thought it was something absurd like cheese because it was mm-hmm. TGI Friday and magic. Yeah. It was something like that. Like she wasn't supposed. She was to like see melting. Her because- that would happen and then she saw her and that happened (laughs) i can't wait for you to talk about the next cast member because i have things to say about him because he's my favorite on this show salem (laughs) nick i feel like salem is tom Mm. is he not like he's snarky I have he's like go ahead and do the bad thing it's fine but then i'm gonna totally berate you because you did it I was about to say, that's my favorite backstory on the show, Tom. The fact that he tried to take over the world and got sentenced to life as a cat by the Wizards Council afterwards. Tom, I feel like you... I feel like Tom would be a really great like evil genius mad scientist Dr. Horrible situation. No, you know what? I always thought if me and Tom lived close to each other, we could be Pinky and the Brain for Christmas. With him being the Brain and me being Pinky. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, Nick Bakay was in the movie Zookeeper. He was a recurring character on Till Death, on The King of Queens, on The Angry Beavers. He was on that 70s show. Uh, and uh, Salem, like Sabrina, ended up on a lot of different TGIF shows. 
I remember there was a crossover night once where he was like jumping from show to show, like as yes. Salem, like the spell mm-hmm. went wrong. And I used to love how shows connected like that. I mean, we talked I about that last that. week with the Golden Girls too, right. how right. they connected with Hurricane Night. TGIF did their nights. Like I like when they used to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then he was in all a lot of the same shows in the early '90s that everybody else was in, like Grace Under Fire and Living Color, Seinfeld. But it's really interesting. He was on one episode of Murphy Brown, Brown in Toyland, which was a Christmas episode, and he played a reindeer. <laughs> um, Salem is also the only character besides Sabrina herself to appear in every episode every of the show. Episode. Yep. Nice. Uh, and I will say, as a fan of the Netflix show, which I am, the only thing I don't like is that they didn't have Salem talking. Yeah. I am uh, only going to hit on two more characters for now. Harvey and Principal Kraft. Uh, Josh wasn't in any of these three episodes, so we'll have to hit him next time. Was Principal Kraft in any of these? I don't think he was. Oh, I guess not. No. All right, well, Nate Rickert, who plays... Harvey Kinkle was, and his career is still somewhat going. He was on a TV show in 2020 called Homework, um, but he hasn't really had a whole lot. He was Are You a Serial Killer short show. He was on Touched by an Angel, Beggars and Choosers, Fantasy Island, uh, and the Tony Danza show. So, And then he played himself on several of the ABC TGIF episodes like the tgif backstage wrap-up party all that good stuff and with that we are ready to jump in and our first episode takes us back to all the way back to season one episode 11 a girl and her cat and in this episode anthony do you want to tell us the uh, the hijinks that salem creates for us in this episode Sure, I will give you a little plot synopsis here. After Salem stows away in her backpack and gets her thrown out of the local pizzeria, Sabrina washes her hands at the cat, feigning unconcern when the feline fails to return for Christmas dinner with visiting cousin Monty. When she discovers that Salem has in fact been catnapped by a stubborn little boy named Rex, Sabrina launches a desperate plan to rescue him by impersonating Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. Salem wants out of the house, as always. Salem is tired of being cooped up, right? This is a recurring theme. Salem is bored being a cat, bored being a house cat, feels trapped. I feel like if my dog could talk, he would be just like Salem, because he's pretty bad, like Salem. I feel like if Larry could could talk, he'd be like Kramer from Seinfeld. (laughs) I love that. My dog would totally like try to talk me into doing bad things. (laughs) No, a blatant moocher, Tom. Well, all animals are just moochers. Dana Gould plays Monty. Can we talk about um, the man who plays Rex's dad and who he is? Did you have from Clarissa explains it all? Yes. I was so excited about that. I'm really grossed out by this episode big time. I'm not going to lie. Why? Because of her relative? I am not a feet person at all. Feet are gross to me. 
<laughs> that character was so annoying. It was. And I don't really feel like she added anything to the mix. Mm-mm. No, I feel like she was that person that your friend or family member brings to Christmas that has to be included in everything and is in all the pictures. But then the next year they're not there because they're not together and they're just in the memories forever. They got the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a special guest star in this one, though, right? Salem yes. himself, Nick Barkay. He's the guy who tries to kiss Sabrina, who tries to get her to kiss him. I was going a little more high profile than that. Yeah, what yeah I didn't realize that about it. Coolio. Were you just singing that song, or did I make yeah. that up? Okay. No, I was singing it while we were paused. Okay. Coolio was a surprise. Yes, that was fun. That was really fun. That's a big was, deal. So that was Nick McKay who tried to kiss Zelda. Yes, that's funny. That is fun. Um, I love. Okay, so like I said during the plot synopsis, Salem sneaks into Sabrina's bag, goes to the pizzeria, and then while there, he sees a mouse and chases it across the floor, and he gets them both kicked out. And Sabrina's annoyed, leaves him in the alleyway, and goes home. And this is where <laughs> Salem Salem is kidnapped. And I, the thing I loved about Salem on this show is what like a he was all about food and being pampered and he was such like a diva drama queen. So I love that he manages to get to the phone and call home and he's like, help, I've been kidnapped! (laughs) (laughs) And he doesn't... What? I was going to ask how you felt about Rex as a child actor since you haven't been mean to any kids in a few weeks. Uh... (laughs) I was supposed to not like him because he cannot sell him. So I did not like him. He did his job. But how did you feel about him as an actor? I thought he was great. He was eh. little. That was a little kid. Yeah. Eh. And he was as annoying as I think he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, Carla DeVito, who played Rex's mom, is married to Robbie Benson, who played Sabrina's dad in the pilot and meeting dad's girlfriend. Huh. In real life. Mm. But Sabrina and her aunts go door to door Christmas Eve looking for Salem, which you do for your family member who's kidnapped on Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and where do they find him? Where does Sabrina find him? Wrapped in the kid's room. And he won't give her up, up him up, he obviously. Will not. Oh, yes. Despite the fact that she magically appeared in his room and yeah, she's obviously an, an elder, an adult to him who tells her this is my cat. <laughs> I always love the way Salem cries on this show too. Like, yeah. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I love Salem so much. <laughs> um, so but Sabrina has a plan to get past this obstacle, right? She dresses as Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Hashtag not my Santa. No. <laughs> uh, and what does she That's tell Rex? As... For me. That's surprising, Anthony. I'm not Blanche, Tom, who has a Santa fetish. Oh, or I Monica. Gonna... I was just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what does Sab- Sabri- Santa Sabrina say to this kid? She tells him he's being naughty and he needs to give the cat away. He needs to give it back to 
the sweet little girl named Sabrina who is missing her cat or something like that. She she guilts him and really butters herself up. She pellies herself up. And gives him a spatula. <laughs> Which if you're a parent, Julia, and a kid comes down and says a, 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 a Santa showed up in their room and brought them a spatula, you're going to be pretty concerned, right? It's high very- level, <laughs> high level of concern in that moment. Yes. High level. <laughs> Let's change the locks level of mm-hmm. concern. No. She came so, out of his closet, didn't she? she yeah, did. like that's because Santa that's how they that. travel. That's not okay. He's done. <laughs> they travel in closets. He, they travel in closets. His, that was like, really good. Yeah. They go to the closets and like you hear that. <laughs> like, oh, that makes sense. Because in that mm-hmm. other episode, she goes into there to talk to the therapist. I was curious yeah. about that. I'm like, therapist in the closet. Okay. It's their that. it's their version of flu powder. I gotcha. Yeah, okay. it's yeah, I think that's cute. Good to know. Did we like this episode? Yeah. I did because it does have the Linus moment at the end. Sabrina and Salem mm-hmm. appreciate one another. They love one another despite their sibling type relationship, right? Where they butt heads yeah. and annoy that's, one another. They really that's do. That's the perfect love way to describe that. I like that. They're like could, siblings. I could have gone with some more Christmas atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's when did not um, feel Christmassy, except it felt wintry though. There was snow everywhere outside. It did feel so it felt like wintry. winter. Yep. Yeah. But it didn't feel Christmassy until the end, right? They're get Christmas dinner. Yeah. And you the saw side, the house a little decorative. The side Monty stuff was just distracting to me. Yeah. Yes. Silly. It was that I was not my favorite subplot, but I really did like the main plot. Yeah, Salem and Sabrina, and uh, uh, I even though it's kind of one of those things. It's like when reading Harry Potter, how I find it weird that Peter Pettigrew slept in Ron's bed all these years as a grown man. Salem's like a centuries-old man trapped in a cat's body, sleeping with a teenage girl, <laughs> and being like, "Pet me." <laughs> I never thought of it until just now. Thank you for ruining uh, that. <laughs> that's mean. It's mean, Anthony. Sorry. For- uh, <laughs> I did find it, you know, San, at the beginning of it, they're they're taught there's they're going on to that recurring theme that we've hit so many times, which is like depression at the holidays. Salem's really sad. He's talking about how you know this time of year makes him sad. They won't let him get boozed up. Um, <laughs> uh, I and going back to the, to that Linus moment at the end. I think the Linus moment between Sabrina and Salem would be a lot more poignant if every third episode wasn't a building for a Linus moment between Sabrina and Salem. Right. <laughs> Especially in these early seasons where they're still trying yeah. to figure out the character dynamics. Like, yeah. Especially season one where she first learned she's a witch and she's learning to live with her aunts and the cat and everything. Do y'all mm-hmm. remember before the show there was a movie, the made for TV yes. movie that served with Ryan as a Reynolds? pilot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it had the yeah. same exact cast except for Zelda. Zelda was a different Zelda's actress, different, yeah. but Hilda was there. They had Salem. It was a much bigger, like gothic-y mansion house. But yeah, it was basically yeah. the same. It's, it's it was essentially their pilot, even though that they mm-hmm. did the pilot over. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. What had better effects gonna, too. What are we mm-hmm. going to rank this? Oh, do we have any favorite quotes? 
I do not for this one. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Let us. But we do agree it had, had, did have a Linus moment. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Ish. But was that Linus, was that, necess- did Christmas necessitate that exchange? Was Christmas Does Christmas necessitate half our exchange? I feel like we're so loosey-goosey with the moment. There was a, there was, I feel like this is a stronger Linus moment than some of the stuff we've said have had Linus moments. I think it counts because I mean Salem is all anti everything at the beginning, and he realizes what Christmas is all about before he was yeah. just grumbling about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna make our little. I think it's a stronger Linus moment from his perspective than it is from her perspective. Yes. Uh, the problem with Salem, though, is Linus mo- moments and and lessons learned never stick. That's that true. I- that I feel is a problem with any Linus moment in an ongoing TV show. Like how many yeah. times like on The Office does Michael change and realize he needs to be a more compassionate boss and then the next episode he's like Stanley's having an affair! <laughs> yeah. Alright, so let's rank this. A girl and her cat. What do we want to give this? Seven. I'm giving it an 8.5. I was going to say eight. I'm going to come in at an eight. That gives us an average of 7.83. So let's go with episode two, Sabrina Claus. Really like this one. Julia, you want to give us a plot synopsis? All right. So Sabrina Claus came out on December 19th, 97. If you're trying to track it down, it is the 12th episode of season two. Like Tom said, every season had a Christmas. Um, which I, by the way, greatly appreciate with the television show. Um, So our quick brief synopsis for this one, uh, Sabrina meets the real Santa Claus named Bob and has to fill in for him when he's injured. I know this is a trope that we see time and time again, but it's so much fun. Time and time and time again. This is one of the most popular Christmas episode tropes where Santa exists. He gets injured and people have to fill in. Well, mm-hmm. and also, Sabrina and yet I love much, it. She's, but it's, it's she's, also, she's also so focused on herself, right? Like mm-hmm. the list of gifts that she wants. Uh, before we jump in, Santa, Cliff from Cheers. Yes. John, John Ratzenberger. Yes. Mm-hmm. You mean uh, Ham from Toy Story? P- Pixar's Ham? lucky voice actor. Yeah. yeah Ham. That's uh, that's all, the only thing I could hear every time he spoke was ham. Ham. That's funny. I always uh, loved ham as a character. Me, me too. Um, I love trying to pick out his cameos in all the movies. Mm-hmm. So, that's such a cool gig. Imagine like if the like when you're finally done and you're ready to retire and you look at your life and you think I was in every Pixar movie. Who was he okay. in? Turning red. I don't know. I'm about to look that oh, up. Oh, was he in Turning Red? Was he the teacher, maybe? He might have been the teacher. He must be in it somewhere. Uh, I like he that he, the homage, he, like, the, he made a post office joke, like his, his Mrs. Claus worked for the post office. Yes. There, which made me laugh. I don't know if y'all know this, mm-hmm. the little girl, Emily Malinkowski. Uh, this will be real interest to you, Anthony. Uh, the girl who played Sabrina's inner child grew up to be a model in the adult entertainment industry. Oh, oh. that's unfortunate. <laughs> why, why, why is that of interest to me, Tom? 
Uh, if anybody who wants to know why it's of interest to Anthony, follow him on social media. Oh, come on! <laughs> you walked yourself right into that one. Oh, he was not in Turning Red. Oh, oh no. they, they did not include tradition. him. How do you feel about Santa's name being Bob? Uh, like, could they have just made it Nick or something? Nick, Chris? It is played for laughs because the way they call him is what? Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah. And then she's like, wait, he's Santa Claus? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I like that Sabrina develops a case of egotitis in this episode, mm-hmm. which is why they <laughs> have to call Santa to Bob. help her. I, uh, I like all, I, I really like the recurring theme of like character shortcomings that we see in the real world being a disease from the other realm, right? Like yeah. This. <sighs> yeah. It's um, pretty funny. And I like it having, Ellie really loves Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And so most episodes, I'm not going to say all, but most episodes have really good lessons that we can talk about afterwards as teaching moments. Yeah. I love that. They do. And I actually really like the whole idea. Like, it makes sense in theory that if you have a problem with your ego and you're self-centered and everything, who's one of the most selfless people? Santa Claus, right? Mm -hmm. So you call him to help. Like, when he gets injured, they think that'll cure Sabrina, right? Well, you do his job for the night. Yeah. Like, you be selfless for the night. And by the way, I love that she does. She dons the hat. She flies the broom. She puts... A grumbling Salem and the reindeer antlers on her broom. <laughs> was nauseated for the entire trip. <laughs> <laughs> and she does something nice for her enemy, Libby. Yes, she does. For Christmas. Right. Um, Libby's terrible. She's the worst. Does she ever she, get better? I think she no. does. Doesn't she become her friend later on? I don't think well, so. But they'll have that character that's like a friend. Frenemy. There's but, like a frenemy thing going on where they have to like work together on things multiple yeah. times. She's so usually pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. In in the when Sabrina goes to college, she has the roommate that she's kind of frenemies with. That I mm-hmm. oh that that's who I'm thinking of because she looked a lot like Libby. She did look a lot like Libby, but no, her and Libby never actually become friends. They just have to work together to get out of some problems. Mm-hmm. No, Libby is a bully. She's nasty. She's mm-hmm. always trying to steal Harvey. Mm-hmm. With no luck. Was I supposed to walk through the episode or was I just doing the synopsis? <laughs> you can walk through the episode. I'm just getting us off track and distracted because. Well, no, I wasn't. I was not I sure. Chat. I apparently talked too much. That was a genuine question. <laughs> I did. Um, okay. So first part of the episode is settling in place that Sabrina has some real ego issues, man. And she thinks Christmas is literally all about the gifts. What is she getting? That's what it's important about, which is another thing that we see, right? All the repeatable trope in Christmas stuff. Um, So she goes to a therapist. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say kids of every generation need those reminders. And that's why we keep seeing it on shows that are focused to children of all ages. Yeah struggle and so this manifests in her magic type way where her spells are getting hinky um 
they're not doing what she needs to. And so it grows into a, you need to see a therapist because we suspect it's something greater, right? Typically when your magic goes wrong, it's because there's a neurological issue or something you need to work with. And so she visits with a therapist and the therapist I really like brings out in the closet, mm-hmm. brings out her inner child, which I thought was just wonderful and diagnoses her with egotitis, meaning you got your head on crooked. You're not focusing on what you should be focusing on. So Wait, work on that. Um, I know you're not as in into the, the Sabrina world, but we can't say she doesn't have her head on right because that's actually a problem in a later oh. episode. Well, she doesn't have her head on in a normal fashion. She, actually has, she has like, her priorities all jumbled yeah. up. Um, <laughs> I, I say Can I just say by the way, because it gets really ridiculous. Like the show, <laughs> I love it, but it gets really ridiculous. Like where her head is like off. Her mother turns like, into cheese or something. I mean, that right there. <laughs> is ridiculous. Could I just I say, by the way, I miss once. I miss wax. That's what it was. It was wax. wax. That is it. Candle wax. Yep. Mm -hmm. I miss like I wish like the sixties and seventies had like the monsters and the Adams family and I Eugenie and Bewitch. We had Sabrina in the nineties. I wish there was a supernatural sitcom again. Like there's something there. Just add magic on Amazon Prime. Oh, the kids and nanny love that show. That show is it's not out a sitcom though. It's not a oh yeah, you're right. It's not a sitcom. That's true. I feel like the it's just a oh, conceit. It's a con, it's such a good conceit for sitcom plots, right? With magic going awry. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel you could do it like in a more modern style, like modern family or something like I that. I think a modern show. bewitched would be really cute. Not like the movie, but like a TV show that I think it would be cute. They could well, totally be- modernize it. Bewitched is always in talks to be remade. They just never get it off the ground. But yeah, I just wish there was something nowadays. Mm-hmm. So Hollywood, if you're listening, there you go. Develop something. That's some escapism I could get behind. How about how about a show starring three podcast hosts who all happen to be witches who become a blended family themselves? Found family. Aww. There you go. There's 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 your plot, Hollywood. Make it happen. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so we have Sabrina struggling with this. Um, so what they do is they call in Bob to help. Oh. Oh. Sorry. Uh, what's funny about this Bob thing is the biggest like Santa in Oklahoma is Santa Bob. Oh. In like the Tulsa area, it's like Santa Bob. Santa Bob. Okay. So Bob comes in and ends up just like laying around the whole time because he gets injured. And that brings us to our conundrum that again, we've seen before is, oh no, it's Christmas Eve and Santa is laid up. Um, So what's going to happen and who's going to save the day? Um, Sabrina steps in, she goes, she we have a lovely scene with her in the workshop with some high-strung elves. Yes. Um, which of course they're high-strung because everything's going wrong, right? Santa's not there. It's what we talked about, what, two weeks ago when we did Bewitched, right? It's a whole, um, Santa is not where he should be and the North Pole is a mess. And so she steps in and she uses her 
computer skills to get the list back and everything is on track again. And she ends up playing Santa, um, delivering items with Salem in tow. It looked like she was on a scooter, but that was a broom. Uh huh. Okay. I was confused because I don't know that I'd ever seen her broom and it looked scooterish or something. And so I was confused. So it looked almost very hollow Halloween towny, like the stylized brooms did. Mm -hmm. Did. Um, and so she ends up losing her, not egotism. What's it called? Egotitis. Egotitis. Um, because she spends the entire night giving and giving and giving. Right. And that's the solution for wanting to get, get, get is to give, give, give for a while. So, um, she comes home and the presents are back under the tree because she's cured. Um, and even the presents, I liked that even all the presents she had under the tree, she zip zang zing them to other people who needed them, which I thought was lovely and wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, we find out Bob the entire time was not in fact hurt, but knew Sabrina needed a change of heart. And the way to do it was by putting her in that role. And he's fully transformed into Santa by this point. And I quite like his look as Santa. It was I a nice too. surprise. Um, although uh, <laughs> I get what Santa was trying to do here, but if you want to go with the narrative we often go with where you work one night a year, dude, to get out of your job from one year, one night a year. Like that just comes across as lazy. Well, he's super upfront <laughs> about it too. He's like, that was pretty nice. How about next year? You know, you have a, what did he say to put a Monte Cristo on the fireplace? <laughs> yeah. Which I would totally be down with if I was Santa. So uh, <laughs> all is right with the world again. And this one had lovely atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. super duper Christmassy. And um, the shots of her flying weren't bad for a 90s sitcom. No. Not they for were the budget. Point. Yeah. I mean, you could tell Salem was a stuffed animal, but the yeah, shots but... of you got you gotta pick and choose the shots, right? <laughs> I liked when oh. they got home and he runs off going, I need some grass, I need some grass, I need some grass. <laughs> Poor Salem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always love that how there's always the one shot in every episode of real cat who just runs across the screen so yeah they can say, hey it's not just a puppet guys there's a cat here sabrina reminded me of me when i was a kid slash still kind of does when she was like so I can't decide where, whether I want to shoot for a computer and the mountain bike or the computer and the ski jacket or all of the above. Yeah. Because that's totally me with my Christmas list. I'm still a... My parents have like the six-foot Santa mailbox in their foyer. Like, it's beautiful. They got on sale from uh, probably the uh, Christmas tree shop, whatever that store is called. What? Oh, God, what's that store called? Is it a Christmas tree shop? You guys don't have those out there? Anyway. We don't. We have no idea what you're talking about. It's a (laughs) year-round store, but it's like it's it's kind of like Michael's or whatever, but it's called the Christmas tree shop. Ooh, Um, delightful. Yeah, but it's like six foot tall or whatever. They got it when we were in like college because you know our cousins and stuff started having kids. Whenever they came by, they could put letters to Santa in the mailbox or whatever. But every every year when we decorate their giant tree in the foyer, I always slip my list in there for them. Of course you do. <laughs> Santa, don't forget me. So, any quotes or scenes that we particularly like from this episode? 
Um, I, once again, I like that she helped out her friends. Um, and that was part of her, you know, becoming less of a Grinch, I guess. Like she was like, I'm even going to give Libby a present. And she gave her love for her stepbrother. And I thought that was sweet. That was sweet. What did she give uh, her boyfriend? Something to do with his job. I can't remember what it was. Oh, oh, he was playing Santa Claus and she gave all the kids that asked him for presents exactly what they wanted for Christmas, which is really magical. That's right. That was sweet. I liked when Hilda conjured the Christmas tree fully decorated and then Zelda just sent it away. Because I I totally would do this. Somebody tried to just do it that easy way. I'd be like, no, we have to decorate it. The one thing I would use my magic for if I could do that is to shape the branches because I hate shape. Oh, me branches. too. I would when you buy a real one. And then the, the branches are what they are. Anyway, I would zap yeah. the tree and have the branches shaped. Um for sure. forgive me for not remembering if it's this episode or the first one we watched, but one of them, um Zelda goes, it's your turn to cook or to make Christmas dinner. I made it last year and Hilda's like, Oh, I don't want to. And then she like zaps it and it's this full <laughs> spread. And she's like, that was exhausting. And I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> that was the last one. And I loved yeah. that moment too. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, so exhausting. She it. said I did I it for the last 400 it. years. It's, yes. It's your yes. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we mentioned that Salem, Sabrina, uh, Sabrina, I was calling you Sabrina, Julia, Salem is a cat. He's punished because he tried to take over the world. Yeah, well, okay. Hilda was one of his followers. So that's why he lives with them because her punishment is now take care of him as a cat mm-hmm. for a hundred years. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Okay. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about um, that. Uh, obviously, Linus moment in this one, pretty inarguable i love that she like everything like they show her delivering presents to the people she had taken stuff from at the beginning of the episode Mm. like obviously that makes sense to do from a storytelling perspective but it's just good i just like seeing that like her making Mm -hmm. amends type of thing you know sorry but yes linus moment that was all linus moment i've heard yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so what are we gonna rank it Nine. A nine. Yeah, I was gonna go nine too. This one's my favorite yeah. of the three. I'm gonna say nine. eight again. No. I'm gonna go nine. You you it's couldn't the more, the nine, could you? It's most it's the most Christmassy of the three, even though I really like the next one. You know, the next one has that famous shot of Hilda with the wreath around her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which the next one, if I'm not mistaken, you are going to give us a plot synopsis, correct? Yes. Sweet. So um, the next episode is season three, episode 11. It's called Christmas Amnesia. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas until Sabrina accidentally erases the holiday. Um, So basically... um, uh, Sabrina, this is very much like Sabrina's a Grinch in this mm. episode. She is, um, she's not feeling the Christmas spirit. 
her aunts are trying to get her in the Christmas spirit by doing all the fun things, going caroling and decorating the house. And um, she's just not feeling it. And even her friends are like, why are you, you know, you're, you're pretty grumpy about this. Like, why are you so grouchy? And she's just, you know, not, not in the spirit. So um, she wants to go to this party in the other realm on Christmas Eve. And she asks her aunts and they go, you know what? We've tried, we're done. Why don't you just go have fun, whatever. So she goes to the other realm party. And while she's there, um, is, is really bizarre. Um, but like she accidentally erases Christmas. So she comes back to the mortal realm and she comes back and everyone, like all the decorations are gone. She says, what are you doing? It's Christmas Eve. And her aunts are like, what's Christmas. And mm-hmm. so now Christmas doesn't exist. And Salem is the only one that remembers for some reason. Um, and so he helps you, need her. It, you need her partner in crime, right? Yes. You can't have her dealing with it alone. Well, and he's knowledgeable in the fact because apparently there was um, a holiday that he accidentally <laughs> erased as well. And um, so she tries to bring back the Christmas spirit. And, um, eventually she does and everyone, she breaks the spell and everyone remembers and Christmas is saved. And one of the main reasons I really liked this episode is that in TV shows, you always get the repeating tropes. You get like the Scrooge, you know, the, um, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, Um, you have the, you know, George Bailey, I was never born. What if I never existed or the gift of the magi, but this is like something different. Like Christmas just doesn't exist and you have to bring it back. And I thought that was kind of creative and cool. It was, um, it was, it was different. And I like that a lot. I do too. That was a nice change from the, Mm -hmm. cause it could have very got, could have very well gone the route of yeah. you know, her going back and Christmas still being a thing with her family, not remembering her. Right. Yes. Yes. Or they could have done the whole, you know, ghosts of past, present, future situation that would have worked in this, but they did it differently. And I, I like that. That's one of the reasons I like this a little extra. I, so the other realm stuff on the show i in general i'm not a fan of the other realm it's weird it's a little too goofy sometimes <laughs> i like it i really do <laughs> um so kendall how does she restore everyone's memories of salem um honestly i watched this two days ago and i cannot remember that detail i can't I can't either. Remind me. Yeah, I it's just, I feel like it. she just tried hard enough that the, that everything just came back. That's what I thought. I can't <sighs> remember. I'm sorry. I'm. I watched it. <laughs> I think that's what she does, right? She starts reincorporating the traditions, like building a yes. snowman and decorating yeah. and stuff, and eventually the yes. memories just come flooding back. Okay, you tricked yeah. me. So yes, that's what she does. <laughs> I totally like the idea though of entering this world where Christmas doesn't exist. Okay, f- stick with me for a minute. 
and it's cool how you could like reintroduce these traditions and see how people uh engage yeah that is cool because total foul on them thinking that peppermint and hot chocolate was repulsive or um i thought it was funny when her friend was like why would you take a tree from outside and put it indoors (laughs) well that was hilarious that's a good point well, yeah, you think about the first people who did the Christmas tree, right? It probably was a weird thing. Like, so, Tom, to your point, I do like the idea of it would be interesting to see how modern day people would react if, like, everyone just forgot Christmas for temporarily and how, well, somebody, hey, you put a tree indoors and put star on top and, like, you wrap all these gifts and... You know, it'd be interesting. It would be fun, I think. Hang up socks on the mantle and put stuff in them. <laughs> and a fat old man in a red suit slides down your chimney <laughs> that you leave cookies out for. A fat old man that watches her. you all the time. <laughs> right? U.S. government would try trying to track him down to use his powers. Like, get rid of the NSA. We have Santa Claus. <laughs> Um, this was not my favorite one, though, even though it clearly had a Linus moment, right? Yes, it had a Linus moment. Mm-hmm. The Linus moment was strong because it's her realizing, like, you know, it. this is probably the most tr- Linus moment in the traditional sense. Yes. Remembering what Christmas is all about. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Atmosphere is beautiful. Yes. Yeah, it is. I liked how traditional the snowman looked too that they were decorating. Like three mm-hmm. balls, a top hat, carrot nose. I loved all that. Frowny face. Yeah, the frowny face of Cole. <laughs> it was cute. Um, this whole show is just cute. I think that's a it good is. word for it. It's just like a mm-hmm. cute little show. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Sabrina but- in general. This one was good. Like I said, it wasn't Like you said, Anthony, and I'm going to piggyback and agree with you. It wasn't my favorite Mm -hmm. at all. Um, But I also would still watch it again and again and again. I think it was overall my favorite concept of the episodes, but um, it's not my highest ranked. But I I I just love how refreshing the concept is. For, For a show like this that kind of you know, it does sort of take specific tropes and, and does their own thing to them. I'm going to give it a seven. This is my least favorite of the three. I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight as well. I'm going to give right. it an eight because the last one had more of a Christmas feel like aesthetic. So that one's higher for me. So this one's an eight. That gives us a 7.67. So Sabrina Claus comes in first, Curl and Her Cat comes in second, and Christmas Amnesia comes in third. And we did get a comment on Instagram from Rebecca Bowl, who commented last autumn, Tis the Podcast Baby and I watched every episode. I think I love it more now than I did at 11. Aw. Nice. Yep. Christmas and, baby. Yeah. But these were not the only Christmas episodes of Sabrina, were they, guys? Oh, we have another 
four more to do. Five more? Three more. No. Three more. No. Four more. Say it again and see if he says it. (laughs) There's seven total seasons. They had two episodes in one season that are loosely considered Christmas. Oh, well, give me that second episode in one of the seasons so I can let our next guest know because I only gave them three. Uh, I think we need to watch. It's season four. Two of them are listed as Christmas episodes, the Ice Station Sabrina and Sabrina Nipping at Your Nose. Okay, I'll add the Ice Station Sabrina. But I don't know. That one feels more wintry. than That's what I was saying at the beginning. That one's listed as Christmas, but it feels more wintry. Winter. But we can probably talk about that when our listeners and our guests are not just listening to us talk about this, right? <laughs> um, point is, though, more Sabrina the Teenage Witch is coming next week to round out Women's Month with guest April Riley. So if you liked Sabrina, if you like Sabrina later years, that's coming next week. The later years. When she hits menopause. (laughs) That's when her that's when her magic really starts to go haywire. (laughs) (laughs) Or Uh, she's living her best life because she's 40 and after and everything amazing happens after 40. Yes. That's all. You have that's the only logical answer you can give me that. Yes. You're welcome. You're very welcome, Julia. I, <laughs> you're the best elf. I'm not going to argue with you, except about Golden Girls. Listen to that episode. Anyway. <laughs> um, where can people let us know what they think of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, both these episodes and what's coming next week? We have a link tree that you can go to linktree.com slash tis the podcast. And there you will find all things tis the podcast. Including our Patreon to our. Oh, please go ahead. Sorry, Anthony. No, sorry. It sounded like you were done. Please continue, Tom. You will find access to our. You'll find access to our Facebook our Facebook group, which is really where the action's happening. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. Sorry, also our pa- continue. <laughs> also our Patreon, which I'm super excited because by the time you're listening to this, Julia and I will have recorded an episode on the Batman, and I'm super excited to talk about that with Julia in depth. I'm excited too. I'm very excited. And you can hear Kendall there quite often as well. And uh, where else can you hear Kendall? Kendall? Like, um, where else? Uh, I already plugged my podcast, but you can hear me on For Fort's Sake. It is a Twilight podcast. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at For Fort's Sake Pod. There you go. I know Julia's super excited because for the week after next, because next week wraps up TV month. Yeah. And we're back to movies the week after. And what movie are we covering the week after next, Julia? Babes in Toyland. 
Okay, I've got to admit something, y'all. What? I have never seen Babes in Toyland. Really? This will be okay. my first experience. Is this the Annette Finicella? Like Annette Finicella one? Okay. I haven't seen this one in years, so I'm looking Same. forward to revisiting it. Also yeah. scared to revisit it because I remember I I mean I'll get into my history when we do it, but I am nervous to revisit it. Oh, I love that. Okay. Are you a fan in general, mm-hmm. Kendall? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Excellent mm-hmm. to know. It was uh, one of those foundation movies as a kid. So I'm excited to watch it again after lots of years not yes. seeing it. So I'm super excited about that. Two was one now. of the first DVDs, I think my mom bought me was that dvd which is really random but nice it uh you know i would i hope it holds up it's been a while since we've had a movie come in quite high on our list honestly (laughs) so it'd be Mm -hmm. nice if something can come speaking of christmas movies though did you guys see what i posted in the tis the podcast group today that david harbour is playing santa in a christmas movie this year yeah, I don't know how I feel about all that. That's weird. I love that. Ooh. With Beverly D'Angelo and uh, what's his name? John Leguizamo. But it sounds oh. like an it sounds like an 80s action flick, though. Like it yeah. definitely sounds it like it sounds like a typical 80s movie. Like, you know, a heart group of hardened mercenaries attack a mansion of a wealthy family in their mansion, and it'll be up to the list solution Santa to spend lumps of coal and save Christmas. <laughs> Which that totally sounds like a David Harbor type Santa. I yeah. just think David Harbor will make a good Santa, especially if it's an action movie type Santa. <laughs> but we'll see. It's exciting that we're getting all the Christmas movie news starting to trickle in. Yes. And the, I feel like there's hope as we're starting the, to get hot. And the Hallmark oh. Dream Book comes in less than a month. That's our first big Christmas milestone. All the ornaments release in less than a month. So exciting stuff. You know what else is exciting? I do not know what else is exciting. What? Please, Anthony Thomas Caruso, tell me what is exciting. <laughs> There are only 6,864 hours until Christmas. Um, If my math is correct, off the top of my head, I believe that is 286 days. You're correct. I mean, that's only 40 weeks, so we're getting closer. We're in the 30s next week. Wait, 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 wait. Let's like a little chance. About nine months. That's only nine months until Christmas. I mean, we're in the 30s next week. We're quarter of the way through the year, which is crazy. It's crazy. It's been a long year. I feel like it's been so fast. (laughs) March. (laughs) Not about it. Yeah. Bye. This this year has been going fast for me, and I am thankful for that. It's about to slow down, though, when the weather gets nice. So I'm yes. not for that. I'm... Not, not, the weather will not be nice. We will have approximately 11 days of decent weather, and then we are going to be sweating every time we step outside of our house. Yeah. Yep. Well, we, we were in the 60s on Friday, and then we had a snowstorm that night. It was so fun. And then we we're back to the 60s today and yesterday. Ridiculous. Bye.
Bye.